Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. So, wonderful listeners, driven women, I have another amazing guest for you today. She is the founder and CEO of Ends and Stems, a meal planning service designed to reduce household food waste and stop the effects of climate change. Allison, <laughs> oops, <Hi. laughs> it was supposed to be a build-up, guys. All right, so she has, pretend I didn't say her name yet. <laughs> she has 15 years of experience as a professional chef uh, and as an entrepreneur. Her first business, which was an early model in meal delivery, was sold in 2015. I'm excited to hear about that. She is a 2018 Rubicon Waste Fit Champion and advocates for reducing waste. She aims to empower users with delicious meal plans and instant grocery lists, all designed to reduce food waste while making cooking approachable and fun. My guest today is Alison Mountford. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. It sounds so exciting when you say it all together. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was the aim. So uh, before we get, get started, I have to share with you. So I'm one of those people who are like, uh, in my head, I'm a chef. So I started okay. cooking from when I was like 10 years old. I, I kind of was always the oldest one. And, and so I really enjoy cooking. So, you know, every now and again, my Instagram feed will be filled with me, you know, trying new concoctions and, you know, and I think people really en- enjoy the whole thing. So I love sharing that part of my life. So it's exciting it. to be interviewing a real life chef. <laughs> That's how I got started though. When I was oh, young, mm-hmm. when I was in high school and right after I graduated college, um, cooking was just fun for me. It was mm-hmm. what I did to relax and it was artistic and just about experimenting. And then I wanted to start a business mm. and the, you know, the old school classic advice is what's your favorite hobby? Turn yes. that into a business. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started um, to, you know, become a professional chef was the love of doing it. Wow. So I love to ask my guests, you know, what their childhood was like, you know, what were the expectations of your parents about how your life would turn out? And is there a match or a mismatch right now? <laughs> That's such a, a fun question. I love that. Um, a little bit of both. My, the expectations were academic for sure. Mm. Um, they, my, my, I remember my mom actually yelling at me once because I got an A minus instead of an A when I was, I think in middle school or something. So yeah. um, And I used to come home and show her my report card and say, other kids get a hundred dollars for this report card. And I was in trouble because I had an A minus. So very, but my dad wasn't that way. My dad was much more relaxed about it. He was a much more try hard, stay interested, do your best. And that's Mm -hmm. what counts. Wow. Um, so a little bit of a mismatch between my parents. But um, the story I always tell was that they told me to do well in high school and then I would go to a good college, but they never told me what came after that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I followed the instructions. I'm a good rule follower and yeah. I don't like to disappoint anybody. So I went, I did well in high school. I went to a good college. 
And then I had like an existential experience. I had no mm. idea what to do with myself because they never told me what came next. <laughs> so I felt really lost and I just got a random sales job. And then like I sort of teased before, I was I decided I wanted to start a business because that mm-hmm. seemed really fun. Um, I liked the puzzle of it and I liked that it was always changing and you got to do all the pieces. I liked honestly that you got to be the boss from yes, day one. Yes. So I took the advice to make my hobby my career. I did go to culinary school, but then I started mm-hmm. my first cooking business. And you know, I think there's still a match. I, my parents are proud of me. Um, my dad actually owns a small business and um, so does my brother. And now my stepmom uh, used to have a business too. So mm-hmm. I think there is a match. I, I think yeah. they're, they're proud of what I've done. And it, I don't think anyone could have exactly painted this path for mm-hmm. me. But um, but we're all good. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of had a similar experience where I was just unable to see beyond 21, yeah. 22. Mm-hmm. It's like you're in high school and they say, okay, bam, bam, bam. And then I do those things and I'm like, oh, crap. You know, there's 22, there's 23, and oh my God, there's 25. What am I doing with my life? Exactly. And it's, I almost had to relearn, uh, get reacquainted with myself, and then really figure out what do, do I want to be doing in this world. So um, right now I tell everybody, think beyond 21, 22, Definitely. think beyond getting that degree because life certainly goes on. And if the degree thing doesn't work out, you have so many more years ahead of you and you have to think about that process. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. And it does make, it makes more sense in hindsight too. You know, I, I, so the business I'm working on now is my second business mm-hmm. and I could not have started this business first. I needed mm-hmm. the experience yeah. that I had to get here. And, um, it feels very different running this business now. Um, you know, in my late thirties, everything feels different about this one than it did the last time. Yeah. So it just, it had to be this way, but mm-hmm. at, you know, in the on the journey of it, there are plenty of moments where you're lost, you're unsure, not sure if you know this is going to work out. Is this too risky, or is this a good amount of risky? Yeah. And I think you know you have to have kind of a strong foundation of of trust in yourself and and work hard and go for it. And mm-hmm. I don't know, there's there's a lot of both. You know, there are a lot yeah. of moments where it's working, and then a lot of moments where mm-hmm. you're just really not sure and I don't know what propels you forward. Just yeah, uh, that drive, you know, that passion yeah. for for what you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of my listeners, they are aspiring entrepreneurs, and so, but there's this conflict: Do I really want to step out and take that leap? You know, you've been doing it for a while, right? But um, I want to talk about how do you manage, you know, the boss side of you with also being the woman who wants to enjoy life outside of business, you know, how do you balance those two sides of your personality and your life, the boss and the, you know, the regular Alison that just wants to be (laughs) a woman? (laughs) Definitely. I think it's really challenging to do that. And I think it's something that takes a lot of practice. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, starting when you're starting out you have to kind of be really scrappy and willing to you know work when somebody's willing to pay you for it and until mm-hmm. you get a some level of of confidence and honestly that enough income to 
say no to things. Yes. Yes. It's really hard. But I think if you set that as your intention at the very beginning, that you want to be able to have balance and do both, um, I do think starting your own business is a good way to figure out how to achieve that. I actually have two little kids. They're Mm -hmm. both um, preschoolers. And the, the, I worked in the middle of my career for about eight months. I actually worked for somebody else's company. Mm, and that was, that. that was the only time in this whole journey with kids and even working for myself, that was the only time where I felt like both a really bad mother and mm. a really bad worker because mm. I, they were setting the expectations and it just was it was too much. It, it did yeah. not work for what my kids needed. It didn't work for what I wanted. So even though it can be very, very hard to you know, run your own business, to grow a business and to find that sense of momentum and you know, that you're doing the right thing, once it's kind of rolling to some extent, you get to set the boundaries. You get to yes. decide am I going to take a lunch break today? Am I you know, going to go to the beach and breathe in the salty air? I need to yeah. refresh myself. Mm-hmm. You, you do kind of get to have control over that. So, yeah. um, but Thanks it's definitely a challenge. That. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, I'm glad you brought up the fact that you're a mother because I want to ask you about your support system. Is it a case where you intentionally cur- curated the type of support that you have right now? Or, you know, you've just been fortunate and then there's just a, um, a team of people who are just behind you. Because I think that a lot of uh, women, you know, the whole, you're encouraged to be strong, independent, especially in this era where, oh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, fists in the air. <laughs> I can do it all. You know, talk to me about the support system that you have and how did you go about yep. having that in your life? I'm lucky to have both. So Mm -hmm. I have a lovely family who are Mm -hmm. just there for me. My husband is supportive. My parents, my in-laws, my brother, um, they're all great. I have wonderful, wonderful friends who are just there for me. Mm -hmm. So that is, um, you know, some of those I got to choose, some of those I didn't, but Mm -hmm. um, I'm lucky that they are there for me. But on the other hand, I do have also a different type of support system that is very intentional. So I work very hard to network with other business owners. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, not just women, some women, some men, people of all ages. I have, um, you know, people that I consider close confidants and business supporters who are, Mm -hmm. you know, still in their early 20s all the way up into, you know, their 70s Mm -hmm. who I consider as resources. And I've I've worked hard at that and made sure to um, nurture those relationships and gather those people around me. They have a huge range of experiences and expertise and I do rely on them, you know, different people at different moments when mm-hmm. I need them. And then other female founders who are really in the same boat as me. Yeah. I have a friend who I've never met in person. We met on mm-hmm. Facebook and she's a female founder. She's starting a workout group for moms. And I genuinely consider her a close friend of mine mm-hmm. and I've never met her in person. Yeah. 
Yeah, we're just I've heard stories so. like that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad you used some very interesting words a while ago where you said that you actually nurtured relationships and that you actually work ha- worked hard to kind of develop that network of support who are like-minded business owners. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think people think that friendships just happen all the time. There are times when you kind of have to be intentional and have an idea about who do I want to be, to have in my life. And then you sort of go after and seek those persons. I mean, it may not be something that you say, oh, I'm going to dedicate five hours to networking or whatever, but you have in the back of your mind, these are the type of people that I want to be around and I'm going to nurture those relationships. So thank you so much for saying that because I kind of preach that all the time because people say, how do you know X, Y, Z? How did you, like, I showed up, you know? So I'm I'm glad you you mentioned that. And I think you can do it on both ends. You know, Mm -hmm. there are, um, I've been a chef for a long time. So there are young chefs who have come to me to ask about how do I incorporate my business or Mm -hmm. how do I find new customers? So if you are the sort of, newer to the market person and you're asking somebody with more experience, ask them something specific. Not right. just, Thank not you. just oh, hey, help, but yes. something specific. Make it easy for them to help you, even if you only get a fraction of what you're looking for in the first conversation. You've mm-hmm. made it easy. It's a transaction. Everyone feels good about it. Mm-hmm. And then you can come back and that's how you start to build that. And then if you're on the other side of things, um, you know, when you're more accomplished, reach out to people on both sides, you know, Mm -hmm. help somebody who's on their way up, take just a couple minutes or, you know, shoot somebody an email with a, with an article that you think might be interesting to them or just check in and see how people are doing it. You, you do have to work at it and, you know, connect when it's appropriate. And then Mm -hmm. that's how friendships build. They don't just appear out of nowhere. Oh my God. I feel like you're my sister friend (laughs) (laughs) because, Like, it is so true what you're saying. Um, And I feel like, you know, I'm not going to bash the younger generation because I'm a millennial still. I'm in that, you know, uh, generation. But I feel like there is almost, because of social media, there's almost this entitlement that people have that, hey, just because I want to speak to a particular person and because I know who I can reach out to, to maybe get their contact information, you know, whatever I ask, they're just supposed to answer it. And without me doing any kind of research about this person to find out what approach may be appropriate or to find out what questions they're actually in a position to answer. It's like, it's so bizarre to me. Like, what about taking baby steps? You know what, what about that? So I'm definitely, Thank you people so are much. so busy. You need to make mm-hmm. it easy for people mm-hmm. to help you and mm-hmm. for people to, to stay connected to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and my thing is too, sometimes, uh, you know, it's always a safe bet, I think, to try and be as professional as possible and then allow persons to break down their walls. Definitely. So, yeah, I, I love that. On this same tangent, I want to speak about mentorship for you personally. How has it helped you in particular? Staying in business for 15 years, it's not no easy feat. So how has mentorship played into that for you? 
Um, I'm at this interesting age now where I'm middle age, I'm middle Mm -hmm. in my career. (laughs) And so I really am, I have stuff to offer as a mentor and a mentee. So I am both and I need Mm -hmm. both very much. It makes me feel happy to be a mentor and help somebody else get started or, you know, it's fulfilling to me to be able to help out others as well. But I also need a lot of guidance. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm trying to grow a business now that is mostly virtual and when I sold a physical product, I only needed to sell to my town, but now Mm -hmm. sell to, you know, the whole country, maybe the whole world. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how to do that. So I, or I've never done it before. So I need mentors. Yes. So, um, again, I'm I'm actually now, as I'm noticing such a theme, um, I do both things Mm -hmm. and, um, I have mentors who came to me sort of naturally. They're people that I either met as customers or Mm -hmm. in networking situations. And maybe they're not even in my industry or we don't immediately have anything in common, except they know what it's like to run a business for a long Mm -hmm. time, or Mm -hmm. maybe they're in in a lawyer or something. So they can kind of relate to something totally different. And then I have some mentors who, you know, I sought out a more formal Mm -hmm. relationship. Yeah, One is a, um, he's sort of my, acting CTO mm-hmm. to help me with this technology company. Yeah. I was just speaking with him this morning, actually. Um, he is a part of my business. He's an advisor, a mentor. He can talk to me about keeping people's information safe yeah. and you know, different ways of um, you know, thinking about finances and all these things that aren't experiences that um, are my strong suits. Yeah. But I sought him out and, or we were introduced um, by a, a, a woman that we had in common mm-hmm. and we've worked at formalizing that relationship. Yeah. So we talk on the phone once a month and we yeah. trade emails back and forth mm-hmm. um, and we, we try to help each other out. He tries to help guide my business. So that's one situation where, you know, it's, it's a much more formal mm-hmm. advisor mm-hmm. Or, or mentorship relationship rather than just, you know, another business owner who I right, get coffee right. with. So I, may still consider a mentor, but in a different way. Right, right. Awesome. So you sold a business and I really want to get into that. Did you position your business and yourself in a particular way? Just tell me Mm -hmm. the story behind that in as little time as possible, because I want women to understand that uh, in this arena of business, you can own something that other people will want to buy and then go into something else. So talk to me about that. Yeah. And I definitely was the, you know, it was a a culinary business. I did prepared meals, but I had Mm -hmm. a cafe and I had a lot of equipment and I had a lot of goodwill and customer lists and things like that. And I definitely was not somebody who thought you could sell customer lists or (laughs) I didn't, I sort of vaguely understood that that was a thing that existed, but I, what I didn't relate to being a business owner who had those assets for sale. Yes. And it was about 10 years into my business and I, I just was burnt out. I got to the point where I couldn't take it any further and I, I fell out of love with it a little bit. And, um, because I had assets and a lease that had some value, especially I'm in Mm -hmm. San Francisco. So real estate, even if it's just leased has a lot of value And I had a friend who was an architect who worked with a commercial realtor and 
I got connected with him and he was the one who really helped me package my business mm-hmm. for sale. So wow. I did pay him a commission yeah. and he helped bring a buyer in. So I could not have done it without his help, but you know, they helped me put the package together and it's almost like writing a, it actually, it was very similar to the package I put together to get a loan at one mm, point. From a interesting. Bank. Okay. Yeah. So it's your resume, your experience, your yeah. customers, your penal <laughs> statements and your, um, your, a list of all your assets and all these things, approval from the landlord. And then he brought in a buyer who ultimately, you know, bought the business. Mm-hmm. Awesome. awesome. It took, it took a long time. This was what was very surprising to me. It took a long time. And it also, there were a lot of expenses involved in mm, it, which is something okay. that I didn't know going into the process. Yeah. So it ended up working out because ultimately you get the sale of the business. Mm-hmm. But to start sale of it, I had to have money to get it started, which yeah. was really interesting. And right. all that preparation work, getting right. your ducks in a row. Yeah. From start to finish, by the time I said, okay, I'm going to sell it, let's get started to it's done and I was gone from it. It was almost 10 months. Mm, Okay. It was a long time and that was a surprise to me and how much work it was. And I will Mm -hmm. say at the end, I wasn't sure if I was quitting, was I failing? Is this the right move? I had a lot of questions around it, but I kind of went with my gut and just thought, this isn't the business I want in five Mm -hmm. years, so Mm -hmm. let's sell it. And about a year later, I was really glad that I sold it and also looked back at the process of it as really interesting. I like Mm -hmm. business and that's a major piece of business. And it was super interesting to have founded the business with $500 and then I sold it and, you know, I saw the whole life cycle of it. Mm -hmm. So in the end, it turned out to be a great learning experience. Mm, thank you so much for sharing that. I felt really inspired as you spoke about the whole process. And one of the reasons why I really wanted to speak with you is because um, being in business for 15 years and what that entails, I really just wanted to showcase to my listeners that, hey, this is something that's possible for you. And yep. you know, these are some of the things that you can anticipate going through. But what you're saying also is that, hey, it was hard work. I was tired after yeah. 10 years, <laughs> but it was so rewarding. And Definitely. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to be asking you about um, the marriage piece. Um, I'm not going to be too nosy here, but <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of young women, you know, you know, they hope to, to one day uh, be in a relationship, but they're worried that, hey, if I'm going to be this successful boss, you know, is it really possible for me to have a marriage or a partner or a family life or children? And so I'd just love to hear, I mean, as much as you're comfortable sharing, but how has that added value to your life? And, you know, what was the mindset behind behind that whole thing? Did, you know, did you feel as though you could really have it all? Mm-hmm. Um you know, what are some of the things that you, you have to do to ensure that your family life doesn't suffer while your business is thriving? Sure. Um, my husband and I met really young. We were in college mm-hmm. um, and we we moved to San Francisco together just when we were young for adventure. We wanted to see California. And I think we have a rare story where it all worked out. But mm-hmm. some of the foundation that we had was and that has been really important is that we've both always believed in growing separately and individually, Mm, but then 
also growing together. So sometimes we laugh about the people that we were, you know, 12 years ago. It it just barely even seems like us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Both changed so much. Yes. But we've given each other the freedom to grow individually and take on projects and things that are interesting to each of us separately. But then we've also always made sure to grow together as well. And, you know, there's just a lot of communication. There's a lot of trust involved in that, a lot of freedom, and then really just having this kind of shared connection. And one of my favorite pieces of advice somebody gave me when I was about to get married is just that you have to choose this person over and over and over again. Mm. And sometimes you're going to wake up and think, oh, who did I marry? This is (laughs) never going to work. But then there are other days mm-hmm. where you'll, you will look at them and think, wow, I'm so lucky. And, you know, I've chosen the best person in the entire world. And regardless of how you're feeling about your marriage at that moment, you have to choose to yes. work on it together. Yes. And I definitely have friends who, you know, have seen that their partner is not willing to do that work or mm-hmm. choose them over and over again. So you do need both people to sort of share that yes. mindset yeah. to really make it work. And, yeah. um, my husband's wonderful and, you know, he definitely is always choosing that with me. So yes. we are, we've been through some really challenging times and some great times and, you know, we always are just choosing to stick together. Yeah. Um, and then I, in terms of, you know, what I'm trying to do with my business or growing and any of that, he's all for it. He's yeah. a math teacher. His day is spent in front of, you know, hundreds of, of young faces and teaching them how to learn and get into high school. So his focus is really, really different. It's very steady, but he's a supporter and in no way feels threatened by any of my lofty goals mm-hmm. and how much work. I think that's really important too. I appreciate you so much for sharing that with me and my listeners because we're here to talk about business, but let's be real. We can't separate our business life or our goals from the other side that's so important, which is our family life. And I'm all about family life Absolutely. and that being so healthy. All right. So, wow, this has just been such a rich conversation. I'm going to have fun deciding on what the headline for this episode is <laughs> going to be. <laughs> All right. So let's get back to the business stuff. Uh, Where do you see Ends and Stems in the next five years? Ends and Stems is so much fun. I love this business. You know, the mission is to reduce household food waste. Mm -hmm. Food waste is one of the main drivers of climate change. It gets a lot of attention. Food's wasted on the farms and in trucking and in grocery stores. But more food is actually wasted in our own homes than at any other point on the supply Mm. chain of food. And the reason I love talking about it is because it seems increasingly that people are looking for a way to get started on taking action to be kinder to the planet. Yes. And so often you hear donate money, right? Mm -hmm. There's a big problem in the world. You don't know what to do about it. Give money to an organization who's helping. And that's great. You should do that. If you can do that, you should do that. But it's very easy to get fatigued on just giving money Mm -hmm. to organizations. And there's less of sort of an emotional feeling that you've done something. And food waste is such an amazing place to start because we can all start right now for free by just going to eat what you already have in your fridge or cooking that apple that's 
you know, looking a little bruised or <laughs> eating leftovers or next time you go to the grocery store, buy a little bit less. So there's mm-hmm. so many things you can do that actually matter right now. And you don't have to spend any money to do it. You're actually yes. saving money because you've already paid for the food you already have at your house. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating it, you're saving money. So it's such an easy point to get started. And what I've found is that as I'm kind of preaching this to people, as they start taking action, they feel validated and encouraged to continue going. And I see ends and stems as really driving the conversation behind our closed doors um, mm-hmm. of our homes to make people feel empowered that this isn't about eating out of your garbage can. This isn't mm-hmm. about dumpster diving in a grocery <laughs> store. Mm-hmm. This is about valuing the food that we've bothered to grow and produce and get to your home. You've paid for it. This is about valuing it and seeing that you know each item you have at home is part of the bigger ecosystem of our, um, of our planet. And it really, really matters. The habits that we have around food and food waste and the number of people in the United States alone who don't have enough to eat. And yet Mm -hmm. some of us put perfectly good food in the trash can. Bizarre, right? It's It's so bizarre. It's not sustainable for the population of 2030 and beyond. Mm -hmm. So the next five years are halfway to 2030. We Mm -hmm. need to make some serious headway on this. And what I found when I was trying to start this business in figuring out what exactly my my platform and what my solution was going to be. Mm-hmm. I interviewed a lot of busy families yeah. and kind of, you know, looked around at the help that they needed. And I saw that there weren't many, um, there weren't many businesses helping home cooks make changes. There were a lot of people telling them what to do, but not yeah. a lot that were actually giving them tools to make yeah. changes. So my, my goal with this business is to, to sign up more people, to get them involved on my mm-hmm. Facebook group, or just participating in the conversation, telling their neighbor. And we really need to shift the cultural norm, thinking that food is cheap and we can throw it away and just get more if we want it because yeah. it's not that easy. Thank you so much. So one more question and then I'll allow you to leave. What keeps you driven? It's funny because in my last business, like I said, I think I did kind of lose it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And what I realized now in starting this business is that my last business was a hobby. I loved cooking, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't anything behind it. I just wanted to cook and get money for it so I could keep doing it. And with this business, um, I really have a mission that feels bigger. I feel plugged into the world. I want my kids to be able to see redwood trees and take a walk on the beach and not have to step over giant chunks of plastic. And, you know, I want them to think of the diversity of this world and the natural world as, you know, real in in their lifetime. They'll be my age in 2050. (laughs) 2050 is sort of the year where, you know, the world could be such a totally different place if we don't start taking action. So having this mission behind, I certainly still want to cook food. I want, I put out recipes. I want people to pay me for them so I Mm -hmm. can continue and without (laughs) revenue and without money, I can't do all the things I want to do. So that piece is really important. I feel excited every day to be able to work on this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's that well-rounded picture of, you know, I have a business, I want to solve the puzzle, but also having this greater mission that I feel like I, I have a voice in. 
Yeah. Thank you so much, Alison. I'm imagining right now my listeners having a notebook and having a, you know a, at least two pages filled with notes from okay. all the things that we've spoken about just now. So thank you for being so open and sharing so much. And I definitely feel like people now understand your brand, Ends and Stem. So thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, yes. All right. Bye. It was my absolute pleasure to have you join us for this episode of the Driven Woman podcast. Be sure to visit sophiabryan.com for my complimentary platform masterclass. In this masterclass, I show you the key steps to strategically share your unique message, even if you're scared to put yourself out there leave us a rating on iTunes if you loved this episode. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Driven Woman Podcast and Driven Woman Show on Twitter. Until next time, stay driven.